A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. We're taking you inside the mind of a man. This is How Men Think, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey guys, I am Kevin Kreider. I am in Netflix's Bling Empire, also an actor, speaker, and activist for uh, the AAPI community. And I actually am now a newfound entrepreneur, starting up a couple companies. And I used to model, but uh, no longer modeling anymore. So I'm asked... 11 questions about me, about Kevin Kreider. Um, I'm, I'm guessing this was polled the most popular questions on the internet. And it is number one, what are you known for? So tell us about yourself. Man, I feel like I'm on a date right now, but what am I known for? Uh, well, season one of Bling Empire, I'm known for taking my shirt off a lot. Uh, I'm kind of like the guy who gets wild and, and does that. But really in real life, I'm actually known for doing talks about uh, my life as an Asian American model and breaking the bamboo ceiling and just talking about things in the Asian community that is relevant, like media, masculinity, and just what's going on in the world. Um, who are you in your personal life? Oh, how personal do you want to get is the question. Um, in my personal life, I'm actually somebody in recovery. Um, I'm in a 12-step program. I've been sober for over six years. I'm actually somebody who likes to, I guess this isn't personal, but I like to go out and mingle with people. Um, I like to go to restaurants. I like to cook a lot, actually. In uh, season two of Bling Empire, I'm actually cooking for one of my dates. And that's what I like to do. I like to cook a lot of Italian food. I used to want to be Italian when I was a little kid. So I like Italian food and Italian things, Italian movies, stuff like that. Um, And I actually like to go to bed really early. A lot of people usually make fun of me when I go out to events and and stuff because I go to bed by 10. So they know it's a really fun time if I stay out till like 11 p.m. And they're like, oh my God, this must be a good time, Kevin. Or like 10 o'clock rolls around, they know I'm going to bed because I like to get up at like 6, 6.30 and just start my day and meditate and journal and do some fun things until the, the sun rises. And then I start my day. 
And then um, number three is three shows that I'm binge watching. Um, besides Bling Empire, I would say that three shows that I am binge watching um, is The Circle, um, Ozark, and uh, Stranger Things is coming out, uh, or it's out now, so I'm going to start watching that as well. Um, my favorite food. Okay, this is a two-part question for my favorite food. If I could eat the same thing every single day, it would be sushi. I mean, I used to hate sushi growing up, but I love it now. Um, and the other flip side is if sushi wasn't so expensive, realistically, I would probably have like breakfast foods, like omelets and pancakes every single day. That's, I think, something I would love. <clears throat> That's my favorite food. Um, number five is tell us about your career. I came from an actual personal training and uh, business mindset when I was in college. I used to run my own personal training services. I became a professional bodybuilder, a natural bodybuilder. I became a fitness model. I started to do modeling, and then I got an interest in acting back in 2009. I've been pursuing it ever since. And then um, right now, really what I'm doing is I'm going back into acting. I just booked my first feature in a movie called Asian Persuasion. And it's my first feature that I've ever been in. And I'm like super excited to do more of those things, do more leading male roles uh, that portray Asian Americans such as myself in these movies as romantic leads. And I've also started uh, my career in the beverage industry. Uh, I'm having a company um, release its first beverage in probably August or September of this year. And it's a drink that is a sober drink. It's a non-alcoholic premium replacement and a mixer called Sans. And I'll be hitting some of the bars and restaurants here in California. Big move because obviously, you know, I've never actually started up something and put so much time and investment and money into it. And just uh, it's such a wild journey starting up your own company. And I think a lot of people think, you know, oh, you're just a model who likes to take a shirt off. Like, yeah, sure. I like to do that. But I like to do this kind of stuff, too. Um, what's my biggest fear in life? It, OK, my biggest fear when I was growing up like I was like eight years old, was dying. I mean, I was only eight and I was afraid of dying already. I'd look behind, like I'd look on a label and be like, oh my God, it has so much sodium, too much fat in it. I can't eat it. I'd be like such a freak in that sense. But then now I think my biggest fear in life is actually not trying to do the things that I've always wanted to do, that I dreamt about doing. Um, one of it's acting. So like I said, I started acting 12 years ago. And five years ago, I really quit because I was like, man, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen for me. And then um, moved to California, got on Bling Empire, got asked to do a role. And now it seems like the doors are opening up for me again. And so that kind of thing is what I'm afraid of, is not trying and pursuing the things that I, I care about a lot or dreamt about doing when I was younger. Same thing with starting my own business, um, comic books. Uh, I'm starting up a comic book series with uh, Webtoons. It's an online comic book illustrator. And something that people that know about me when I was younger is that I actually wanted to be a comic book artist when I was uh, five or six years old. But then I found out very quickly I sucked at drawing, which doesn't lead to a very good comic book 
career if you suck at drawing. <laughs> so now that I'm actually uh, created and, and helping to produce a uh, webtoon series is like super exciting, uh, you know, in the very early development stages of that, but it's super cool. And so those things that I'd be afraid of doing, like, it's not like I have a fear of skydiving or I have a fear of like commitment or things like that. It's like kind of like personal stuff that I've always wanted to achieve. What's my biggest pet peeve? Oh my God. Okay. My biggest pet peeve is being late. And I was two minutes late to do this <laughs> iHeartRadio thing today. And, I, and that to me just eats me up, right? Like it was a Zoom thing. It's like, how come you're going to be early, Kevin? Well, you know, life happens a little bit. But I hate when people are late. And I, I think here in Los Angeles, uh, Los Angeles, uh, 15 minutes is considered on time still. So in Los Angeles time, I'm still on time. Uh, East Coast, I'm... Um, Two minutes late, like don't even show up. Uh, that was my mentality back then. But I hate being late to things. I hate people when they're late to things too. Um, and that's just my pet peeve. What makes me most happy is people being on time for things. No, that's, that's not true. That does make me happy though. But uh, what makes me the most happy is actually uh, working and dealing with people with integrity and honesty. Um, you know, I, I, I find that when people say they're going to do stuff, they do it and, um, and are honest about things. And um, that's kind of what makes me happy is because I feel like if we just do those two things uh, in, in the world, we could actually be in a better place. Right. Like, just let's be honest with each other. Let's do and, and do the things that we say we're going to do and do it well, which would be great. Um, and then I think the world should be a better place for that. So that's what I'd like to make me happy or most happy. Um, what is my ideal Saturday morning? My ideal Saturday morning is to get up at probably around like seven o'clock. I'll meditate, hit my knees and pray. I'll journal for 30 minutes. I'll work out right afterwards, get a cup of coffee, um, sit on a roof deck and watch the sunrise a little bit. Uh, hopefully with a lucky someone. <laughs> um, get like a great email that says like, Hey, you got like a 10,000 or $20,000 deal. That'd be amazing. Right. That, that hasn't really happened yet. So, uh, I guess that's not my idea. I haven't been doing my ideals Saturdays, uh, and also going out and just having like a meal with friends or a coffee and just meet up with people, go to bed by like 10 o'clock, cuddle with someone on the couch and make a, make a meal, watch the sunrise, sunset at that time. That'd be awesome. Uh, talk to my family. And yeah, that's about it. It used to be doing yoga too, but then I realized I don't like doing yoga that much anymore. That's just me. Um, number 10, are you more of the athlete or the armchair quarterback? I'm definitely more of the athlete. Uh, I grew up with athletics since I was probably like four years old, like skiing, snowboarding, playing tennis, baseball. I mean, I love movement and athletics. I don't think I could ever be a couch potato unless like um, health problems happen or something. And number 11, what keeps me motivated? I think what keeps me motivated is just the idea of growth and wanting to be better. Um, you know, I have a lot of dreams and aspirations and being 38 years old, I haven't been able to do much of them actually until recently in the last like two to three years. Uh, and now I see that I have an opportunity to uh, achieve 
those dreams or at least give my all out effort to achieve them. And um, that keeps me motivated because I think the idea, idea of not trying keeps me motivated, if that makes sense. Yes, that keeps me motivated. The fact that I can't look at myself with self-esteem every day if I didn't try. You know, I think um, having good self-esteem is just doing the things you say you're going to do and doing it the best. But at the same time, if I can't do it and I fail, then it's like, I think for me is to be able to acknowledge that and be like, you know what, what did I learn? Could I have done better? Maybe not. If I couldn't have done better, then you move on. Just wasn't meant to be. Um, And so that keeps me motivated and really messages of people just telling me how this stuff I do in, you know, reality TV, movies, content, even this uh, message of sobriety, uh, wanting to pave the way for Asian men in Hollywood, especially, I think that keeps me motivated for sure. I When I get comments like that or messages, um, it is reassuring, even though I know I shouldn't probably listen to it too much because, you know, uh, I don't want that to be the main reason why I do things because it's always been in my mind to do that. But it, it's, it does keep me a little bit more um, motivated and keeping me on the path when I, when I get comments like that. So that is 11 questions with Kevin Kreider. That's me. And now we're going to take a little bit of a commercial break and we'll be back to answer, or I'll be back to answer more live questions. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season... We are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome back. I am your host today, Kevin Kreider. Thanks for coming back and tuning in. And we are now going to take the first question from a live caller. Hi, Ariel. You are my official first caller ever. Really? Yeah. Welcome. Very cool. Um, So I'm in this friends with benefits situation. And... um, it's really fun, but he keeps saying I love you like a mm. lot. Yeah. And um, I don't, yeah, I guess I just don't know how to take it. Like, I don't know if he's saying I love you because we've been friends for so long or like, I love you. We want like maybe someday I'll like love you forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, and yeah, like I, I've brought it up. And sometimes it feels like he's more than a friend. And he then says he can't commit. So Mm. I'm just wondering, like, is this just something that guys say frivolously? You know what I mean? Like, is that a common thing? (laughs) So here's the thing that I've learned through my experience of this. Uh, Firstly, it sounds like you're not sure if you love him back. He's giving you mixed signals friends with benefits it started off like that you start to grow feelings for people but he doesn't want to commit that is somebody who is just basically saying i can't commit and uh he might have feelings for you that i don't doubt but um probably won't be with you and if uh i would say because look when you know and especially when guys know we know i think Too many people, guys and girls, use this phrase of like, I can't commit, but I really care. It's kind of like stringing you along to see if it kind of like turns into something better or if somebody else comes up better. Like, I'm sure he still likes you. He wants to stay friends with you. But at the same time, if he can't commit, then I would say he really isn't in his mind really looking at you as a serious prospect. Um, You guys started off as friends, now friends with benefits. You cross that line. And uh, I will say from my own experience, it's hard to go back once you cross that line. So 
um, you might have to be okay with losing a friend. Yeah. I'm yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If he can't commit and he says he doesn't want to commit, then believe him. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally fine. <laughs> Honestly, like it's fine with me anyways. Good. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. I hear you have a question. Um, I, yeah. I have yeah, opinions, um, but they're not scientific <laughs> answers. Well, let's hope they can help. Um, so basically, um, obviously, like everybody, the world, I'm on the dating apps and I am just getting more and more frustrated because I've had conversations with guys but nobody ever follows through for an in-person meetup, you know, like they don't like it's, this is where like the rubber meets the road and, you know, I'm trying not to take the reins so they can ask, but it just seems like it's going nowhere and I'm losing faith in apps altogether. So should I stay or should I ask more often for an in-person date? Well, okay, so where, where are you located, first of all? I'm in New York City. Okay. Um, and what, uh, how should I say this? You ask, just to clarify, you ask the guys to meet up and none of them want to follow up. Is that what that is? No, they just don't ask to follow. Oh. Like, so we'll, we'll be engaged in like chats and really great back and forth. And, and this, is, this happens with all the guys all of them and nobody ever then takes it to the next step to say hey why don't we meet up now so you kind of just like messaging airtime like there's dead air and then nothing happens right yeah we have great great talks and nobody wants to take the next step they're too cowardly i guess i don't know i don't know if it's them being cowards or they're too busy or i'm glad you called yourself a coward as well because that's kind of what's happening (laughs) Oh no, I'm not calling myself a coward. I'm calling the guys a coward because they're not taking, they're not taking the the bold step to like say, you know, and then if I do it, then they just look like, oh, I'm being a pushy female. And so it's just like, I, do they say that? Or is that your assumption of that? That's my assumption of it. Like I, and that's the thing, like, I think they're being cowards by not saying, Hey, let's just meet up for a cup of coffee. Let's just see where this goes. Like they're chickening out. Right. So sounds judgmental, right? Like, here's the thing. If I were on the other end, I wouldn't want a date or somebody to think I'm a coward right away. So that's probably saving you some time, right? These people aren't who you want to want to be. Like, uh, you already labeled them as something, which is already not a good step. Uh, and secondly, I always tell my female friends this, and I know it's hard, right? Like, it structurally in society, we're, we're, we're mindset to do courting and dating a certain way. I'll tell you what, the best dates I've ever had and the girls that I've actually been with the longest, they actually asked me out first. And and I've asked out many girls before. So I would just say, be bold. If you're really interested in them, firstly, I would say, try not to think of them as cowards right away. They could be busy people. They could have many options, right? Like I'm sure you have many options too. Um, and also to just say, hey, I'd love to meet up for coffee, continue this conversation or something, right? Like set up something small. 
But Kevin, I don't think they're cowards right away. I'm thinking that we're having, we have these great conversations and then they're not doing anything. So eventually I think of them as cowards and it's not like it's a judgment thing, but it's just like, well, be, be, you know, be a little bit more. You want them to be something that they're maybe not. So think of it as like something that you're screening for yourself, right? You want somebody to be a certain way. You have in your mind a certain outcome, that could also be hurting you in the dating apps too, because like, look, if you give up controlling things, right, things happen for you a little bit more smoother, or if they don't, at least you didn't like put too much emotional uh, energy into it. Um, I have a question though, like what, what's wrong with them? Um, are you afraid to go out outside the apps and just do it in real life or what's holding you back, I guess? Well, no, I mean, I just, I mean, obviously the past two years, not very, you know, the bars aren't being flooded with prospects. So, uh, you know, uh, you're going for bars, you're going to bars to find guys. No, I'm being, I'm being, I'm not talking literally, but like, <laughs> you know, I'm not really going to bars to pick up men, but it's just been hard to meet people out and about. So I, what I say is like, <clears throat> I don't think it's really so hard. Maybe like you just have to put yourself in situations to actually meet people like I don't go to bars and bars that much right like I go to restaurants sometimes go to events go you know you do things outside um I'm sure you could find places to meet people maybe you're just looking in the wrong places right like normally I, I go to museums it's just the, the numbers are just very different the prospects are very different than they were pre-pandemic and so I like I you know yes I would love if I was at like a you know, uh, like an under 40 mixer at MoMA. And of course, but they're not, these events aren't taking place in the same ways they were pre-pandemic. So that's why, and I, you know, it, it's just very different times now. But I, I mean, like his, um, you asked me questions, gave you some answers. Um, right. Okay. You don't so seem to really like take them. The reins. Yeah, take right. the reins. Okay. Take the reins. Okay, okay, I'll take the reins on apps. Hi, Allison. Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. I hear you have a question. I do, I do. Okay, thank you so much, first of all. I really appreciate it. Um, so so I've been with my boyfriend for um, just about a year, just coming on a year, and Congrats. I love That's him. Thank, thank you. Um, and it's a great relationship, and it's, it's going really, really well. Um, but our communication style and, and the way that we argue, the argument and communication style is very different. Um, and this comes up a lot when, uh, especially um, in finance things and, um, and in other circumstances, but most, most recently a lot of finance, but just in, in general, the way that we communicate and, and the argument style, it's just very different. And, um, and through the relationship, I've kind of worked on it and I've changed the way that I I approach how we're different to him. So I've changed how, how I approach our differences. Um, and I've asked him to do the same, to kind of amend his style of communication with me when, when we do have um, differences. Can but you tell I me just, what that communication style is uh, that's different? Yeah, I feel like most recently it's been coming up in, as I said, in finance situations. Um, I work I work in marketing and he works in real estate and we both do really well. And, um, and so, but he grew up very frugal and, um, and I, I kind of feel like, if, um, you know, if we're going on vacation or something to enjoy it and, and kind of thing. And, um, and so 
So um, I've approached it more like, you know, we're a team and so let's compromise and figure out ways that we can both be happy and not stretch our limits and kind of way. And, and he's, he gets very, if it's outside of his comfort zone and something he doesn't want to do, he'll kind of express that I don't want to do this. And then he'll kind of shut down. And, and I've been very amenable to kind of, you know, go my extra mile to make him feel, you know, okay, I, I hear you that this is not something that, you know, that you're, that you want or willing to do, or it's a stretch for you. And so a lot of the time I'll just kind of, you know, acquiesce to, to, you know, in, in certain ways, just to, to make him more comfortable. Um, and I'm, but I like to discuss also about why, you know, in these circumstances of why it would be nice to do these things and not all the time, but sometimes anyway, but he, there, it, it gets very uncomfortable for him. And so the way he'll argue or communicate is kind of um, just say how he feels and then he'll listen to me, but he kind of never budges. And um, so, so question then, Allison, um, who, who, how do you guys work out finances? Is it as a joint is it every other? Is it right? right. So, so in the last few months, we've been together. Uh, it's really coming on a year. Just uh, next week, um, we really started to to actually join it together um, in the last few months. And oh. I think that that's been. Um, I feel like it's it's really a big step for our relationship. Um, and um, and but it's also kind of. Uh, I just we, we kind of spend money differently in that way. So it's, it's hard to kind of get to that, that, you know, comfy middle ground, but, um, but it's so just, what I, I hear feel then, so what I hear is you have a joint account, all the finances go in there, but he, you know, you obviously have to talk about how you're going to spend it. And he doesn't want to budge, even though there is money in that joint account is what I'm kind of hearing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, it's, um, Ultimately, it's not about whether or not we're spending that spending the money. It's kind of I, I think that the, the way that he approaches it, the, the way that, you know, I, I like to compromise I, and, and talk it through and just figure out how we could both be happy. And often he'll, you know, he'll express his view and then listen to me, but then he'll just shut down if it's not going his way. And so the big question I have is um and, and again i've tried to ask him to to change the way that he approaches our differences but my question is if someone is kind of stuck in the way that they argue or the way that they communicate is it too late um to, to ask for a change in their communication style yeah just leave them no i'm kidding <laughs> TV. next no i'm kidding i no. uh, i look it's it's you guys have been together, been together for a year. You're going to really, really know each other more now. Um, communication style is important. At least you guys are communicating, firstly, okay? You know he's uncomfortable with things. What I find is maybe hard for this, and this is hard to hear, is are you trying to change him? And does he feel like he is being asked to change when he doesn't want to? Because that can be hard, right? Because here's the thing, unconditional love means you accept them for who they are, right? Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to unconditionally love him or do you want to conditionally love him? And that's, okay. so you know this about him, you kind of like are finding out this about him. Uh, 
are you expecting him to change or uh, just because you change you, it's now like a transactional thing. So he's changed. Like talk to me here. Oh yeah. No, I, I just, um, I, I think that my view of, of, I think he's wonderful. And I, and I, as a person, I would never want him to change. This is why I love him. Um, I just think that even if we have differences, that part of being in a relationship could could ultimately be that both people both people compromise and not just one or or it shouldn't be one person every single time. And right. so you feel so, like you compromise more, right, than he does. Right, right, right. So so it's the communication. And so I've been asking him and in, in, in our um, in these moments, I kind of just ask him to, to communicate with me differently, or can you try a different approach and, and these kinds of things, just because, um, as I said, he kind of, I, I mean, I guess it's really, it's just how he feels, but he does shut down if we, if we, if it, he'll express how he feels about it and he'll, he'll definitely, he's listening to me. He's listening to what I say, how I feel, but then ultimately it continues to get talked about. He'll he'll just stress his opinion more and then just shut down. And so, right. yeah. And so maybe and so that's something. Something. Uh, you're in a really difficult situation. I get it. You want to budge. You want to go on vacation. You guys see money differently. Um, look, unfortunately, money hurts relationships. Right? Conversations like that. Uh, I find I hate the fact that it does. It's probably one of my number one resentments in the world, actually. Right? <laughs> I love it. Everybody likes to think, and I, I, I'm still a true believer that love will conquer that. But it's like you know, I've seen it. I've seen money destroy relationships. I've seen uh, it um, hurt relationships. I've seen other people with more money um, be able to manipulate relationships, right? All that kind of stuff. We've seen it all. Um, when it comes to money, you. I think the fact that you guys are even talking about it and only a year in is strong. Um, I think maybe a way to look at this is to see the progress in your relationship. Yes, it's not perfect yet. He's not doing exactly what you want. It's one year. Like I think in the mindset of looking long-term in your relationship that you're, this is a forever type of person, yeah. you know, you admit it, uh, you guys can work this out. And maybe it's some type of compromise with you guys where like, you know, you guys have this joint account and then you have a separate account for your own fund money. And then mm -hmm. maybe if you have another fund money account where you're like, you know what, babe, I got plenty of money in this fund account. And we have this <laughs> fund yeah. I'm doing this. And it's really yours anyway, like all of yours, right? Just It's just the illusion to him. It's like, it's like kind of not an illusion. It's uh framing the account differently to make it look like you have more than you guys really have okay. like this is the fun stuff right like yeah. that's a that's a compromise and then be like oh he'll be like oh okay like <laughs> i love you know that idea i love that that's a really great idea that would definitely i feel like yeah. that would be a lot less stress too just to frame yeah. it that way so i want to try that that's try actually it. really great because yeah. I know for me as a boyfriend, if I saw that, I'd be like, oh, yeah, like, I already know what it is. But it's like, oh, you know, this is thought out. It makes sense. We have plenty in our joint and this, like, and you have this your own account. And then you spend it the way you want to on a vacation or whatever. And it's like, okay, cool. You know, right. you're being right. responsible. And then, and then um, 
Yeah, definitely. But I, I yep. think that's a really great idea. Cool. Glad I could help. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much. Welcome. Bye. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Kendall. Hi. Um, I'm really glad to get to talk to you today. No, um, yes. So I, I started um, a new job recently in a new city. Thank you. Thanks. What city? Um, Los Angeles. My hometown now. Well, new hometown. <laughs> both for both of us. Um, yeah. I so I started this new job, and I you know I I haven't met a lot of people, new people yet, being here. Um, and so as you can imagine, like I'm always saying yes to anything I get invited to, so that there's like a chance of meeting new people and connecting because it's a new city and uh, all that. So, um, a male coworker just asked me to dinner and I said, yes. And like, was immediately hoping he'd invite other people. But, um, as soon as I said, yes, he said, great, it's a date. And, um, like Kevin, I like, I think he's cute, but it's a new job and a new city. And I, I guess I'm just worried personally that like my other coworkers will make assumptions about me going on a date with a coworker so quickly. So I'm just wondering, like, do I tell him beforehand? I don't want it to be a date, but I just want to hang out. Like, I don't know how to go about talking to him about this. Yeah. Welcome to LA. <laughs> This happens a lot. And to be real, as yeah. a guy um, yeah. who would do something like that, uh, it, it, let's just say, like, I did that, right? Mm -hmm. I would appreciate from you, Kendall, that, like, you told him what you told me. And I would totally be, it gives me a choice then, right? Yeah. To be like, okay, I'm going to treat this as a friend thing. Right. Uh, it's not a date. And I'll behave accordingly. Or mm -hmm. if you lead them on to thinking it's a date and then things happen, reaches in. Firstly, I'm going to feel like, oh my God, like, am I wrong? Like what happened? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, right. it's, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm only going to act based off of the information that I have, which is, oh, I said it's a date. You're still here. It must be a date. You know, um, when you look at it that way, you might be able to be able to break the news to him in like a very like empathetic way, you know, <laughs> like be like, Hey, look, I'm really excited. I know you have good intentions with this. Uh, I don't think it's the appropriate time right now. I do think you're right. cute. I just, really, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's cool. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and be like, you know, just, I'm not trying to lead you on. That's why I'm right. having this conversation. And yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, I think he'll have such a great uh, response to that because I'd be like, you know what? Look, maybe you're new love to bring other people on board you know like right. who, what do you if he's a good dude is what yeah. i'm saying yeah if he even if he doesn't do that he's like you know what all right you know i'm really actually looking to date like uh that, let's just alter plans don't take it personally you know like right. you guys need each other a lot of time so either way only good stuff can happen from this conversation but that's yeah, yeah. no that's super helpful kevin because i think like I mean, honestly, as you're talking, I'm like, right. Communication is always best, but, you but I are, do. we hate, we hate confrontation of like right. breaking the news to someone or anything. Right. Trust me. It's easy for me to say this, but I've had many tough conversations that I've delayed, but I've, I've had to have them. And, you know, when you come from a place of like not wanting to hurt the other person too, that's yeah. a great place I, from right. you. It sounds like you don't, and you don't want to mislead them. Yeah. So, 
it won't come across like anything that's you come from that place. Well, also Kevin, what you just said is super helpful that like the way you phrased it is like, it keeps the door open. Like, of like, you know, cause he is cute. And I, I wouldn't be opposed down the line to going on a date, but like, I'm very conscious in this moment of not, yeah. Giving my coworkers the wrong impression as I establish myself here. There you go. Welcome. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure you will need much help down the line. <laughs> I'll be calling you back, Kevin. <laughs> First year is the toughest. I'm telling yeah. you, toughest time here. Oh man. Well, thank you. I really appreciate your help. Definitely. Bye, Kendall. Bye. Bye, Kevin. Thanks. Hello, Kylie. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm great. You must have a burning question to ask if you're on this. I do. Yes. All right. So I'm just wondering, I need advice. Uh, so like when a first date goes well and things start, you know, heating up at the end of the night and you're like into it, but there's a part of you that wants to kind of just slow it down. Um, like, is there a good way to let your date know gently and like without offending them? Like, Hey, I'm enjoying this, but like, let's wait a little longer. You know what I mean? Just put your hand. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's, that's an awkward position. Um, look, I've never been on the other end where, uh, someone was moving too fast and I had to slow them down. So please like understand like where this advice is coming from. It's not from experience. Okay. I know from a guy when I've tried uh, to move things a little bit faster too, and you slow down. Um, and if I really actually saw something with you, then I would slow down and I would honor that. Um, if I didn't, want anything more than just to like, you know, that night, uh, you know, might be a different conversation. Yeah, okay. You know, and, and just move on. Right. Um, so the next question for you to ask is, do you actually like this guy and want to slow down? Or do you just not want to have that perception of like, oh, I sleep p- people on the first date. So I shouldn't do this. Um, talk to me about that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not so much that I just, I do, I do kind of like the guy, like I would like to see him again. Um, but I'm just not sure like if I'm, uh, ready for that with him yet. I just want to, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to wait. I I'm not really someone who like sleeps with a lot of people. So I just want to make sure we actually like get along, you know? Yeah, sure. So, okay. That's, that's valid. What you're saying, like, um, I would probably just communicate that with him and just tell him. I mean, it sounds like this already happened, but you're kind of preparing us for the next time, correct? You see this guy? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, be like, hey, look, I like you. Think you're cute? Like, I see this, <clears throat> excuse me. I might see this going a little bit further than just uh, physical. And I'd like to actually get to know you a little bit more before we get physical, uh, I'm just a little uncomfortable moving at that pace. That's all. Uh, when you when somebody just expresses that they might be a little uncomfortable with something, their pace, like, you know, an asshole wouldn't honor that. And somebody who is a good person for you would honor that and just be like, yeah, okay. You know, that's my pace. Like, hear him out and then be like, okay, that's great. 
now that I know where you're coming from, I know you know where I'm coming from. Uh, let's just see if we can um, play along in this date together still and, and dating room. And then you'll find out each other's paces, find each other's preferences. And if it doesn't match, then there's uh, it doesn't match. Move on. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it, like pacing. Like yeah, that's a pace. To say that. You know, I'm a very fast paced person when it comes to like wanting to be with someone, right? Um, you know, physical, obviously, I think a lot of guys are more the initiatives, right? Uh, so that's why I was going to say it's usually a lot of, from my experience, girls need to slow things down. So it's always the pace is different. Um, but it's almost like dancing, right? Like uh, somebody might lead too fast. You just kind of slow them down a little bit. Somebody might lead too slow. You try to pace them up a little bit faster. Like, probably won't go exactly the timing you want, but it'll at least go at a more comfortable pace for yourself. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's, thank you. Yeah, that's yeah, good no advice. No problem. Thanks for jumping on Kylie. Yeah, thanks. All right. That is all we got for our callers. We're going to take a break and then we're going to come back for some Q&A. <laughs> A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. 
they burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Kevin Kreider. I'm your host. And now is the time for Q&A. First one, Kevin, we know you from Bling Empire. How has your life changed in the past two years? Man, my life has changed so much in the last two years. I've upgraded to a new bedroom, one bedroom. It's the first time I've ever had a one bedroom in my life. Uh, There's a little bit more pressures to that, obviously. Like it's big overhead. Um, I'm actually in the process of possibly moving to another place if uh, things don't change up a little bit, just to keep it a little bit more financially uh, feasible for myself. Uh, Things that are changed, I don't skateboard around as much, do a little bit more Ubering, or I'll take public transportation um, to get to places I need to. Uh, my, My social friends have changed quite a bit, like you know, came out during the pandemic and now there's just so many people like events and wonderful peers that I get to meet and uh, associate with and to uh, maybe even have collaborations and conversations with and just be in the presence of. And some of these people like I grew up with watching and, you know, using some of these business owners platforms, right? Like, I mean, serious business owners, like see founders of dating apps or beverages I like all this stuff it's wild to me um so I'm just getting used to actually um being in the public eye and just being around people like that um and now I know that people have some questions uh about me getting flirty with Kim Lee and what the status is now um we are friends and we've come back to just being friends right now um Yes, there was a physical thing, but obviously kind of got um, messed up with uh, some influence of friends and circumstances and pop like opinions from other people. But um, it's harder to go back as friends because I feel like there's more boundaries now. Like, uh, I think we need some time to kind of just uh, forget and forgive about all those things that happen um, and maybe even go our separate ways a little bit. But yes, it was um, not the best experience I've had. Uh, and then how do I navigate from friends to boyfriend to girlfriend? I haven't done it yet. So I'm not too sure if I can qualify for this question. Uh, I would say one thing is to uh, not tell your friends squat. Don't tell them anything about what's going on with your other friend. Keep it very separate. 
and try to keep it um, to yourself, you and the relationship. Because once you get friends in, they all have opinions. They all have dirt on you. It gets lost in translation. Facts get thrown out or that facts get uh, diluted and changed. So like really it's just best if you keep the relationship about you to keep people out of it. Um, am I looking to settle down anytime soon? What are you looking for in a relationship? I'm absolutely looking to settle down. Uh, I know a lot of people don't believe that, but I hope as more and more Blank Empire is shown um, and the more I'm in the public eye and doing career stuff that people can see, like I'm really taking this a lot more seriously. Like, you know, everybody kind of graduates from uh, the party person to becoming more serious. And I've, I've definitely hit that because, you know, I've dated around enough. I've had my fun. I, I know what I want and I want something with someone that I can grow with and uh, share, share everything with uh, the ups and downs, right? Share the uh, struggles, share the victories, share the success, share the everything. Uh, so I'd love to be able to find someone to do that with. And then what makes men ready to commit to a relationship or marriage? You can't really force men to be in the mindset and be ready. Some men need to get it out of their system. Some men just want something right away. I mean, I remember when I was in college, like the first girl I wanted, that first girl I wanted to date that was, I thought could turn into something serious and never did turn into anything serious. I, I saw marriage. I was like, yeah, I don't want to be around other people um, other than this person. Like, I don't, what I mean by this, like, I don't, I, I didn't intentionally want to be somebody who dates a lot of people or anything. I didn't. I was like, I, I just want to be a one person person forever. And um, that obviously didn't happen. That girl broke my heart and um, here I am now. So, you know, back then I was ready. So it just depends where you are in life. Um, now I look back and I'm glad that I wasn't with that person, but um, to, to basically answer your question, what makes the person ready is time. <laughs> It's very vague, but like, it just takes time. You know, I'm 38 years old now. Like I'm ready, you know, like I'm not in the most perfect financial situation or my career, but I'm ready. You know, I've experienced enough. I know what I don't like. I know what I want more of. And uh, I'm at that point where I'm not looking for a perfect relationship anymore. I'm not looking for that person to be perfect. I just would like someone to, you know, who fits me well, likes values, all that kind of stuff. Uh, appearances, I, I like an attractive girlfriend as well. Um, I mean, that's just a given that you're attracted to someone, but um, somebody who's kind, somebody who's uh, giving as well, and somebody who gives their time as well to me. Um, that'd be great. All right. How do you tell if a guy is interested in you? You can tell if a guy's interested in you because uh, this can be tricky. Sometimes I'm shy. I know, believe it or not. And I won't actually be talkative or trying to joke around with you. Um, it's really in the eye. You can really see in the eye contact uh, and the feeling if you're intuitive enough and you're in, in touch with that to see if a guy's interested in you. You'll feel it. Um, and because sometimes like I'm overly nice and people think I'm interested, but I'm not. It's just 
you know, that's how I am because I feel super comfortable. Like I'm not that attracted to you. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, right? And then sometimes I'm just like super shy. Like I'll be like, yeah. And I'm just like listening and I'm just really into it. You'll see, you know, um, you'll just feel it out. And that's kind of how it goes. Um, if you, you can't tell at all, probably not interested in you. If you don't have that feeling either, probably not interested in you. All right, everybody, that wraps it up for How Men Think. I was your host for today, Kevin Kreider. You can find me on Netflix's Bling Empire. Season two is out now. It was ranking top 10 in uh, the TV section. Um, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok, Kevin Kreider, K-R-E-I-D-E-R. -E and you can also find what I'm up to on those links as well with my matcha that's out and my non-alcoholic beverages that are launching later this summer. So you can find me there. Feel free to DM me with more questions. I'd love to answer it on my social media as well. This is How Men Think, an iHeartRadio London Audio production. Listen each Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.